Hello again, and welcome back to the Slow Flowers Podcast with Deborah Prinzing, episode 383. This is the weekly podcast about American flowers and the people who grow and design with them. It's all about making a conscious choice, and I invite you to join the conversation and the creative community as we discuss the vital topics of saving our domestic flower farms and supporting a floral industry that relies on a safe, seasonal, and local supply of flowers and foliage. This podcast is brought to you by slowflowers.com, the free nationwide online directory to florists, shops, and studios who design with American-grown flowers and to the farms that grow those blooms. It's the conscious choice for buying and sending flowers. And thank you to our lead sponsor, returning for 2019, Florist Review Magazine. I'm delighted to serve as contributing editor for Slow Flowers Journal, found in the pages of Florist Review. It's the leading trade magazine in the floral industry and the only independent periodical for the retail, wholesale, and supplier market. Take advantage of the special subscription offer for members of the Slow Flowers community at deborahprinzing.com where you can also find the show notes for today's episode 383. As I mentioned in last week's show, we're switching things up with sponsor thank yous. So today's first thank you goes out to Mayesh Wholesale Florist. Family owned since 1978, Mayesh is the premier wedding and event supplier in the U.S. And we're thrilled to partner with Mayesh to promote local and domestic flowers, which they source from farms large and small around the U.S. And you can learn more at mayesh.com. If you're a regular listener to the Slow Flowers podcast, you know that Johnny's Selected Seeds is one of our most supportive sponsors and partners. I have been pestering today's guest, Hilary Alger, Johnny's Flowers Products Manager, to let me record an interview with her for quite a while. And it's finally happened. We took time over the holiday break to jump on Skype and record this interview. I'm so pleased because now is the perfect time to discuss flower seeds and growing flowers. Winter is when we all think about next season's crops and new varieties to trial. Whether you have a backyard cutting garden like mine or a legitimate flower farm, you probably have visions of beautiful blooms dancing in your head. And each image we see, whether it's in a catalog or online or in our imagination, is enough to send our hearts racing as we add just one more variety to that wish list. Hillary is here today to discuss that process. How does an established seed company like Johnny's, which was founded in 1973, select, trial, evaluate, and bring to market thousands of varieties of vegetable, herb, and flower seeds each year? Even if you're just a bit of a flower geek, this conversation will engage and inspire you. Hillary also discusses some of the more than 25 new annual flower seed varieties revealed in Johnny's 2019 catalog, as well as the decision to reintroduce bulbs for cut flower growers. After more than a decade hiatus, the pages of Johnny's catalog include more than 35 narcissus and tulip varieties for 2019. The Slow Flowers Johnny Seeds Partnership is a mutually rewarding one, and I'm so grateful to bring you this episode today. As a bonus gift to podcast listeners, check out our show notes for today's episode 383 at deborahprinzing.com for a promo code on your next order of $25 or more at johnnyseeds.com. That code will get you $5 off and is good through March 15th, so don't miss out on this opportunity. 
Let's get started. Welcome back to the Slow Flowers Podcast with Deborah Prinzing. And I am so excited today to kick off some of the exciting stories we're going to have for 2019 with my special guest, Hillary Alger, product manager for flowers at Johnny's Seeds. Hi, Hillary. Hi, Deborah. Thanks for joining me on Skype today. Yeah. Wish we could be together, <laughs> but we're going to do this long distance. So I have to start out at the top of the show by saying uh, Johnny's has been a really fabulous uh, partner and supporter of Slow Flowers over the years. And Hillary, I think I first met you at an ASCFG conference in um, the Bay Area maybe five years ago. Do you remember yeah, that? Maybe, yeah. Was it that long ago? <laughs> maybe four. Seems like yesterday. <laughs> Yeah, and um, it was really fun for me to start understanding uh, the role that Johnny's plays with um, market farmers, flower farmers, farmer florists, because um, coming out of the gardening world, uh, you know, I knew of Johnny's as like this amazing source for vegetable seeds. And so you kind of helped me see that you were more diversified than that. Maybe you can give us a snapshot of the company and, and a little bit about what, what is Johnny's, it's truly Johnny's selected seeds, right? Yeah, yeah, so sure. Um, the business started um, in the early 70s with uh, the company's founder, Rob Johnston. As a young person, um, he sort of became interested in um, food and where food comes from uh, based on various experiences working on farms. And I think he worked um, in a local food co-op. Um, <clears throat> from there, the story goes that with $500 and in the attic of a barn, he started um, a seed company. Wow. Um, yeah. So I think with the vision of um, bringing interesting, sort of easy to grow and flavorful varieties from around the world um, for local growers to market to their customers who are interested in better food. Mm. And where did the name Johnny's come from? So the original name of the company was um, Johnny Appleseed, and that uh, name was taken by a clothing company. And uh, so, uh. Um, the founder's name is Rob Johnston. Um, I thought maybe the John the, Johnston became the Johnny's. Yeah, I think it was more. I think it was more in line with um, Johnny Appleseed, sort of bringing seeds and spreading them throughout. Yeah. It makes total um, sense. But you know what? I remember that Johnny Appleseed store clothing company, which probably no longer exists, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's a New England thing. And you're yeah, where yeah. where are you guys based? We are in central Maine. Um and you know, roughly um located where the company started. Um so we're we're actually in three uh locations very close to each other. Um in Albion, Winslow, and Fairfield, we have um, the Trials Farm in Albion, uh, Sea Distribution Center in Winslow, and then um, all of the customer care and administrative offices in Fair Fairfield. Wow, where are you based physically, or does it? Or do you rotate? Um, I move around a lot, but we're uh, primarily in Albion at the research farm. Well, and we're going to talk about the trial gardens and a little before we end up, you know, end up this conversation. But um, in terms of your portfolio, which is uh, cut flowers, and you also do herbs, I want to acknowledge that because that 
is part of flower farming for some people. Um, what is the kind of ratio of flowers to edibles? I mean, how does the company balance that in terms of offerings? Yeah, so the the split sort of in terms of sales revenue is um, flowers are about 6% of the overall business, so wow. pretty small. Wow. Um, but it is... Um, it is growing at a faster pace than the rest of the business, um, which I think points to sort of the interest and um, growing local flower movement. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I just think anecdotally, I feel that in general, um, I guess the way you would calculate it is like, <clears throat> how many pages does the Johnny's catalog in, uh, devote to flowers over maybe past years or... Um, you know, just, just my own path through life and in talking with people, there's so much excitement about what you can grow, uh, for a cutting garden. So I, I, it's interesting to hear that that's also a faster growing category for you. And even though it's smaller, it's, it's taking up, you know, more energy in the, in the positive, um, you know, probably with com- conversations with customers and, and people out in the, out in the flower farming world, they're really excited about what they can look to Johnny's for, I guess. Yeah, I would say that, um, you know, the vegetable assortment is pretty mature. Um, there's been a lot of focus on that. It's sort of the original focus of the business mm-hmm. and a lot of focus over the years. So there's, um, in terms of the assortment, there's not a lot of new places to go. Um, I guess I guess to clarify, I should say there's, there's always new varieties yes. and new, mm-hmm. better better things to offer and, mm-hmm. um, new information, but, but kind of all the bases are covered, um, where with flowers, the assortment, um, I think is growing, growing wider in response to, um, customer interest and customer needs. Yeah. And there is that hunger in general for, um, the new, the next, the, the happening, <laughs> you know, in any category, yeah. um, yeah. So that's kind of what's going on uh, with your cycle, which I, basically the new Johnny's catalog gen- comes out at the end of the year. Like I just got mine in the mail recently, the in at the end, very end of December. Is that right? Yeah, um, yeah. There's a couple of mailings that go out to different customers across the U.S., but yeah, roughly, um, roughly, I think. Uh, Thanksgiving through Christmas mm. catalogs hit mailboxes. Fun. Well, my brother and sister-in-law live in Billings, Montana, and they just got their catalog. And um, we're excited to see that you featured Slow Flowers on the flowers page. They were like, oh, we know her. <laughs> so they posted something mm-hmm. about it on Facebook. It cracked me up. Um, cool. But this catalog is robust. It's almost 250 pages. It's full color beautiful photos, incredibly detailed information about um, the cultivation and um, harvest and uh, light preferences and hardiness zones and just like all this stuff you need to know to have success with vegetables and flowers. Um, Every time I talk to you this fall, you are consumed with this catalog. (laughs) (laughs) So I would like to have you talk about what it takes to produce this basic book every year and um how much of your of your life is is uh devoted to that uh along with your colleagues 
Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, it is sort of a nine month or more process for us. Um, oh. And and it involves a lot of folks at Johnny. So the marketing team is very heavily involved, as well as um, the research team, um, and then others throughout the organization. And um, it sort of starts this time of year, believe it or not. <laughs> Jeez, um, you just got rid of the 2019 catalog <laughs> and you're working on 2020? <laughs> so this time of year, I, we take a, take a short breath, but, um, <laughs> but really it starts now with and sort of reviewing our trial results from last year, um, feedback from growers, what worked, what didn't work for them, um, what's coming new from breeding and seed production companies, and sort of setting a plan for uh, what will be planted and reviewed um, this coming year. Um, and then we take that plan and we meet with um, various folks throughout the organization, primarily the marketing team, and frame out um, where the big changes will be versus, you know, where we might, um, we might not have much work to do. And, uh, I guess I should just say, we'll frame out where the big changes will be. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, we create a trialing plan and we set a calendar that sort of goes from March through October when the files go to the printer um, and we meet weekly, review crop by crop, um, almost you know every piece of information we have about um, our varieties and about the assortment and um, sort of communicate changes and update uh, the catalog information. Um, so you're basically down to the the minute this thing is, is signed, sealed and delivered, you're still out at the, in the trial areas, evaluating performance and uh, pr- productivity and that sort of thing uh, in real in real time with, with that's the right crops. in real time. Wow, yeah, it's it's a challenge, but um, I think we've arrived at that sort of the high quality way um, to do it is you know wait till the trial's complete and then it gives us an opportunity if we learn something new that we can we can bring that to the catalog in real time in mm. terms of adding a variety or updating growing information, et cetera. Wow. So um, the the trial area, that's the the farm, basically, the the where you're actually putting every yeah. seed in the ground and seeing how it performs. Yeah. Wow. It, it, it is primarily. So we, um, I think last, you know, in a typical season, we grow hundreds of uh, flower varieties, and if you add in all the vegetables and herbs and other things, it's thousands of uh, varieties that we're reviewing each year. You know, some of them are things that are already in our assortment that we're just comparing to whatever is new. Um, but yeah, it's and and I should say so that that's our primary source of trialing. But then we also have um, trialing partners with some of our customers with universities where we can also review um, varieties under different conditions than we experience here in Maine. Mm, right. What zone are you in, in, in Maine? I think it's a 5A. Okay. Yeah. So you want to go colder and, and maybe more, more heated and more humid and see kind of what the viability of those seeds are in other conditions. Yeah. Yeah. Not for, for, for some crops, it's really important to see them under um, different conditions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But we do have, 
I will say we do have a really challenging growing environment here. We're often, we have a very, we always have a very short growing season. Springs could be really cold and wet. And then the summer is very hot and humid. Um, so, so in general, it is a a pretty good testing ground. Right. Like if it does well for you, it's probably going to do well for everybody. <clears throat> but it is it is a threat. Like I remember I was going to try to come visit you at the very end of September and you kind of said, Deborah, <laughs> we might already have had our first frost by then. <laughs> it's like, oh, really? Oh, geez. That's tough conditions to, <clears throat> to it's kind of condensed. Like you're, you're really intense then in that late spring to late summer period. Yeah. Yep. And do you have somebody um, who's running the actual planting and growing, uh, you know, care, or are you also doing that, Hillary? No. So for um, for every crop, there is um, a product manager who manages sort of the um, or oversees the overall goals and the sort of commercial aspects of um, managing the assortment, and then. There is a trials technician who sort of carefully organizes um, plants and monitors and evaluates the trials along with support from um, the farm team who does all the sort of regular maintenance and care. So, I mean, just knowing what I, the various events that you and I have run into uh, with one another across the year, you're physically not able to always be even be in Maine. You're, you're out at conferences or... Um, That's right. Gatherings. And so you have to have that, that support of daily support for those flowers. And then you race home and go check things out. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, let's talk about um, the new seed introduction. So it, this is sort of a, a ritual that happens every year, as you were saying, of evaluating. Um, have things kind of, I mean, it seems like the, the flower gods are shining their uh, light on you, and you're probably being asked to find more varieties for customers than ever before. It feels like it, there is a bit of a hunger there that's driving demand, and that's creating a lot more work for you. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, it's it's sort of obviously important that um, as there's a growing market for local flowers that and there's more growers, they need sort of more things to differentiate their business and reach different markets. Mm. I would say, you know, maybe 15 or 20 years ago, um, the sort of average Johnny's customer for flowers was a diversified vegetable grower with some um, with some flowers at farmer's market. Mm. And now, you know, I think more and more, a local flower grower has maybe a farmer's market and some wholesale and possibly a florist that they're servicing and then events, weddings and events. And those, <clears throat> the needs of a, a customer of a grower serving a flower, sorry, serving a farmer's market mm -hmm. is very different than one serving a florist or doing weddings and events, right? Right. So the diversification mm -hmm. is more on the, in the, the sales channels than just being at one sales channel with a diversified offering. I mean, you, you, you're all of a sudden have Both, yeah. all these things you have to satisfy. Right. Yep. And so that has led you to have uh, a lot more um, 
consequently, have to kind of mirror what your customers are looking for and in your search for new flowers or colors yeah. or whatever. Yep. Yeah. And, and filling the season, I think too, with, mm. um, you know, is not always easy to do with seeded annuals. Right. Um, right. Like what would be the earliest crop that people would be sowing like sweet peas or. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet peas and other things. Um, we've been the last few years, we've been experimenting with, um, overwintering flowers sort of in tunnels, getting mm. the start, getting them started in the fall mm -hmm. and overwintering young plants um, through the winter for a really e early season crop. Um, I think that's probably going to be an important area to expand. And So those um, cool season annuals that Lisa right. uh, yep. Ziegler writes about. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Where she is, you can do it outdoors. Um, but here you need a tunnel and then, and then, extra layers of protection. Mm, mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, I see. So you're just, you're like emulating what a flower farmer would try, uh, given your conditions. And then that gives you a, more information than to how to market those particular, like dianthus or something like that for right. an early season crop. Yep. So through variety selection and, and also through growing method, like how can we, how can we provide what a grower, a local grower needs to have flowers for as long as possible. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. I love it. And then on the far and the like later end of the season, you know, toward late summer, early fall, you are offering varieties that perhaps people can um, preserve or dry and like extend the season yeah. that way. Yep. That's becoming, that that's becoming a thing. Mm -hmm. um, dried flowers seem to be Back. They're all over Instagram. I see. Yeah, they're, they're for those for, for people like me who who hung, did crafts with dried flowers in like high school. <laughs> I kind of laugh like, yeah, they're back. They aren't new. They're just they just took a little break, uh, hibernated for a few decades, and now they're now they're uh, exciting again. Um, well, I'm looking at page 161 of the catalog with um, a little gallery of some of the new varieties, and there's some gorgeous, gorgeous beautiful romantic palettes that you're coming up that you've been able to find and offer people. And then also yeah. just like incredibly robust, beautiful blooms. Can you just talk about like how many new seeds varieties are in the flower spectrum and like what people can expect to find when they come to the, come to the online catalog or the print catalog? Sure. Um, so I, I would say sort of a overarching goal for us this year was to try and provide a richer palette of options. Um, so we do have um, some asters that are sort of more delicate in color, mm. um, a new cosmos that's a totally different, it's like the color of sunset. Mm. Um, and, and yeah, so there, I think we had overall about 70 new introductions this year um about half of those being seed and then we uh reintroduced a bulb assortment um, as well wow okay so let's talk about a few of those the the asters that i'm seeing on that you're kind of highlighting at least are the king size apricot and lady coral lavender they are they i don't know they look like dahlias almost they're huge yeah multi-petaled they got this sort of more rounder shape and have is that just sort of a new uh, a new um 
exciting flower for both floral designers and flower farmers to play with, I would think. Um, I, I don't know if it's new, but I think it's um, an important category mm. of, of uh, seeded annuals that's maybe been overlooked. Um, I think asters offer sort of this really wide um, ranging and delicate color palette that you you don't get from a lot of <clears throat> you don't get from um, other sort of seeded annuals like zinnias mm-hmm. for instance right. are, are like really highly saturated and those bright colors um, so I think there's going to be I know there's more work um, in developing some really beautiful asters so mm. more to come mm. right but those sort of beautiful um, colors that I guess a lot of the wedding designers like that are more, they blend different warm and cool tones together or they're more muddied. Um, Yep, those transitional sort of colors that can be cool or warm. Right. And which Cosmos is the one that is a sunset color? Um, Xenia? Hmm. X, so that is X S E N I A. That's a tricky one to pronounce. <laughs> yeah. So that is um, that is a totally new variety, um, and yeah, I think it's it's a completely new color in Cosmos. Mm. Um, and you know, Cosmos are super easy to grow and pretty fast. And so, just you know, this is another another reason to grow cosmos good one to try so it's kind of got a terracotta undertone to it then is that how would you describe it or is it brighter than that uh it's a little bit brighter than terracotta it's sort of um sort of this bright coral when it first opens and then you know as the flower matures there's all these other colors sort of mixed in there like um orange and like a dusty rose Um, yeah it's really really beautiful well it seems like people for people who love rubenza this is like the next the next version (laughs) the next next thing to get excited about (laughs) let's take a quick break you've been listening to the slow flowers podcast episode 383 originally broadcast on wednesday january 9th 2019 our guest today is hillary alger flowers product manager at johnny's selected seeds Welcome to a brand new sponsor for 2019, Northwest Green Panels, based in Madras, Oregon. Northwest Green Panels designs and constructs a wide array of wood-framed greenhouses offering versatility, style, and durability. Their greenhouses are 100% Oregon-made using twin-wall polycarbonate manufactured in Wisconsin, making Northwest Green Panel structures a great value for your backyard. The 8x8-foot modern slant greenhouse has become the essential hub of my cutting garden. Check out photos of my greenhouse in today's show notes or visit northwestgreenpanels.com to see more. Let's return to our interview with Hilary Alger of Johnny's Selected Seeds. Hilary, it looks like there's a lot of new foxglove this year. Um, Gorgeous bicolor ombre styles. What what happened? Did you just the breeders get crazy? Um, well, we that was an area where we didn't have um, much of an assortment, and we've the last couple of years we've had some really big trials. We've been combing through, looking for some interesting colors, um, and so this is sort of the first uh, stage of introductions from that trialing work. 
Uh, there's ca- is it Cafe Cream and Pam's Choice? Yeah, these are go- yeah. kind of have more than one color in them. They're beautiful. Um, and then it looks like there's some Snapdragon, some stock, some um, how do you say that? Matri- Matricaria? Matricaria. Yeah. Yep. Matricaria. That's a beautiful one too. Talk about like almost like mm-hmm. buttercream colored. But the title, the yeah, name of it is Magic Lime Green. Yep, and that's a variety that's um, that's been around. That was uh, that had been quite popular for us, um, and was um, discontinued by the seed breeder. Um, but we um, found somebody to grow it for us, and so we're bringing it back this year. And it looks like it's organic too, which is kind of a, yes. another subcategory that you always try to address, right? Yes. Yep. Um, a very important especially for our certified organic vegetable growers who also have, um, who also have a flower component to mm. their business. Mm. Well, we could go on and on. I'm just going to send people to the catalog, but we'll also maybe I'll get some of these uh, varieties that you and I discussed and we'll put them in the show notes uh, today for today's episode at DebraPrinzing.com. Um, I want to just a- ask you a little bit about the bulbs, just uh, because that seems to be a new category for you. But you said you re- you reintroducing bulbs. So in the past, Johnny says offered flower- flowering bulbs. Yes. Yep. Um, I think the last time we offered them may have been in two thousand and eight. Mm. Um, and at that time, the flower program had some. Uh, you know, it was very different than it is now. We um, carried a lot of. Um, we carried sort of a mix of cut flowers and bedding plants. Mm. And um, since then, we've really changed the direction of the program to focus on cut flowers as we feel a good fit for um, our customer type. Absolutely. I, I, I mean, anecdotally, I would 100% agree with you. But now those people want their bulbs back, <laughs> right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I was lucky enough to um, go on a wonderful trip to the Netherlands uh, last year and uh, review lots and lots of bulb varieties. And then we have had um, we had a nice bulb trial at the farm, and we have a great trial in the ground right now. So I expect you know lots of new and exciting things to come from that. Mm-hmm. And they're really you're choosing varieties that are cut flower friendly versus maybe a larger universe of of bulb options that maybe are for the landscape. Um, I'm, is that correct or? Yep. Yeah. So we're focusing on um, sort of the obvious cut flower qualities in terms of stem length and stem quality, and then things that are um, attractive for a modern cut flower grower mm. Mm. in terms of appearance. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like the way you put that. Yeah. I mean, the, in the spread on in your catalog, there's certainly no um, uh, primary colors that you would maybe expect to see <laughs> at, at the grocery store. <laughs> You've definitely narrowed, right. narrowed it to the more romantic, lush bridal palette. And I, I can, I, at a glance, I can see that. And I totally understand why you did that. It's beautiful. Yeah. I think it's important for spring too. Mm-hmm. I think it's the, the palette of spring, mm-hmm. which is um, when these flowers would be at market. Yeah. 
Good point. That's very good. Um, anything else you want to mention about new new flower varieties? So people can find them in the catalog. Um, that's the physical catalog that we've mentioned, and then also online. Um, and your photos are always beautiful. Um, if you look closely, you might even see Hillary's arms, hand, <laughs> shoulders, face. You're in a lot of these flower photos. <laughs> that's right. We. Um, we're a pretty small team, and so <laughs> often the person running out to the field and gathering the flowers for photos and and uh, being the model is um, is me. So, <laughs> so you yeah. have this whole selection of like chambray colored um, shirts that you can put on to be neutral behind the flowers. <laughs> That's right. We have. We do. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. You know, I, I love it. It's like, it makes me enjoy looking at the website even more when I know that I can kind of <laughs> tell it's you. <laughs> That's funny. You should run a contest, like be a model for a day, come to Johnny's and hold flowers. <laughs> oh, that would be wonderful. <laughs> I would, I would. I, would I, would. I know people would love that. Um, so anyway, uh, I, w I do want to ask you about your own path to flowers and herbs as a profession, because um, I don't know how long, I can't remember how long you've been at Johnny's, Hillary. Yeah, it's been about, um, I think it's been about 13 years. Wow, cool. Yeah. Um, and I haven't, I haven't always worked in flowers. Um, so my, my background is not in plant science, it's in art and design. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't. So um, a lifelong lover of plants and flowers, I didn't set out on a path to um, have a career in that. Um, <clears throat> Are you a Maine native? Yes. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yep. My family is from Maine. And so um, I sort of ended up at Johnny's serendipitously in that um, I was a young person just out of college uh, with art degrees and maybe a little bit directionless and um, looking to start paying off my student loans and ended up at Johnny's and sort of <clears throat> fell in love with the um, spirit and mission of the company and worked in various um, aspects of the business. And then it was about, um, I would say five years ago, I think, that I had the opportunity to work in flowers. Wow, cool. Yeah. So yeah. that I met you early on in that path then. I guess so. And you know how you've made it into such a reflection of your own, um, your own artistic um, point of view. And, you know, I, I think that there's what you do is art and it's, you're presenting these products in such a beautiful way. And I know that you're not the art director per se, but there's a lot of, of your understanding of color theory and um, more all, more principles of design that I I now knowing that that's your background I see in in the work that you're doing which is is what so many florists are doing people come out of fine art and find flowers as their medium don't you find Yeah it it seems that way and it you know it sort of makes sense that it it doesn't they're not art and floral design are not different things mm -hmm. um Especially when, I think, especially when treated um, seasonally and sustainably, they're sort of an artistic expression of um, the work of the growers and the designers, the place in which they're grown and the season in which they're grown. Um, yeah, so I think mm. 
You just My. you just described slow Go flowers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think. I feel like my train, my training and background in art has aided me in um, at least sort of uh, sort of connecting mm-hmm. and empathizing with the work that flower growers and designers are doing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I think it's such an asset, and um, you know, it's almost second second nature to you. So you 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 create beauty oh. in what you're doing, and um, if it helps sell flowers. And gets more more people interested in growing flowers, then that's that's all the better. Well, we did a fun art project. Well, I participated virtually. Actually, you did a fun art project. <laughs> I think we should just tease it a little bit about it uh, so people can know it's coming. Uh, as the listeners, anybody who's listened to this uh, podcast knows, uh, we have a fun campaign every year called American Flowers Week, and for the last Three years, I've invited farmers and florists to partner to create wearable fashions uh, to showcase cut flowers in a more uh, fashion-forward, haute couture way. <clears throat> and I knew about this amazing trial garden you had, Hillary, and I asked you if you'd ever be willing to partner with a designer and create a mostly annual uh, crop-inspired <laughs> garment, and you guys said yes. And... Uh, I'm so excited that in 2019, we will be able to uh, reveal a a beautiful gown made from all Johnny's cut flowers and grasses, right? There were foliages and grasses as well um, that you photographed in the trial gardens. Um, And our our good friend, Rain Grace Hoke of Flora's Muse, who's a Slow Flowers member out of Portland, Maine, uh, was on board as the designer and uh, but it took a village to create that, right, Hillary? Yes, it was. Um, I have to say, it was the highlight of my summer. So oh, wow. um, it was. It was really fun. It was also really exhausting. And thank you for doing <laughs> a lot it. Of work, but um, but it was wonderful, and I'm really excited to share it with everyone. Um, mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now we can say grow your own dress to people. And uh, and roughly how many stems do you, or individual flowers do you think that you harvested for rain to use in that uh, garment? You know, I'm not sure. It was buckets and buckets, and I really couldn't, had a hard time stopping myself. Um, yeah, exactly. Was, you were texting me photos, and I, I was just freaking out over here in Seattle watching it virtually. It was wonderful. Yeah, you had your time hard, yeah, hard was, time stopping yourself just because you were getting excited about combinations and uh, different flowers that she could try in, in what she was applying. Yeah, yeah, and it was um, it came at the end of the season where we had really finished up our work in the trials, but there's still all this beautiful material, and mm. um, I guess the excitement of giving it a purpose. Um, yeah. Sort of fueled me to grab as much as I could. <laughs> well, maybe we'll have to turn it into an annual thing. <laughs> what I won't I won't predict that it. would be fun. Yeah, I, I, I want to be there next time, though. Uh, well, this has been fun. I mean, I, I've I've noticed on Instagram this week that people are posting um, their like worksheets where they're trying to figure out their seed orders and do their crop planning. So like the timing couldn't be more perfect to talk about um, getting your hands on the catalog or going online um, 
at johnnycs.com to uh, start, I go dreaming and imagining and and forecasting what you're going to grow, you listeners, and me as well, um, for the, the new season. I think we're all ready for it with the new year. And are you growing anything in your garden, Hillary? Do you, I can't remember what you have in your, your personal. <laughs> uh, well, my, um, so I do have a sizable home garden. Um, and, you know, most of the annual garden is devoted to vegetables, mm-hmm. but um, I do have a, a nice perennial garden. And then uh, more and more, I'm adding flowers to my annual garden. Yeah, it's also probably nice to go home and not be in charge of flowers when that's all you do 24-7 at work. So you can enjoy the trial gardens as your personal, you know, floral landscape as well. Yeah. Uh, well, I know that I'm going to provide resources on the show notes today for how people can go online and see the catalog or call the toll-free number that Johnny's has, which um, I guess people can call and request a catalog, right, Hillary? Yes. Yeah. Great. You can call in or um, go online to request a Okay. Catalog. And that, just for those of you who are listening, if you want to jot it down, it's one 564 six six nine seven or as i said johnny'sseeds.com and i i just want to publicly thank johnny's for being such a great partner with slow flowers for seeing that there's there's this wonderful uh renaissance happening uh with uh interest among everyone from professionals to avid enthusiasts to grow flowers that they can cut and arrange with and i'm right at the heart of that in my own life and um it's just wonderful to have what a resource uh, that you've brought to us, Hillary, you and your colleagues to um, connect people with flowers that maybe they haven't been able to access those seeds uh, in the past. And now they're available in small and epic quantities, depending on how many you want to grow, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you, Deborah, um, for all the work you're doing and for partnering with Johnny's. And it's been um, it's been just a joy to get to know you along the way. We've had a lot of fun. And I didn't even talk about our crazy time at the Garden Writers Association this summer. <laughs> <laughs> but I did put that in our year in review. So, <laughs> oh, cool. yeah. Uh, Hillary, thank you so much. This has been really fun uh, to kind of sh- peel the curtains back and let people see behind the scenes of what's going on at, um, at this major, wonderful um, seed company. And also, if you're interested in getting more information, um, you should go on to the Johnny's Seeds website and sign up for the newsletter. And I'll also put that link in our show notes because um, I've been partnering with Hillary several times a year to write articles um, that are specific to flower growing and that really often bring the voices of uh, the whole Solo Flowers community around the North America to show different points of view and different successes for what people are doing in their in their businesses. So that newsletter is how you get access to those articles, and um, that's a monthly newsletter. We don't have articles every month, but um, it, there's some great farming resources. No matter what you grow, right? Right. Yeah. If I could make a plug for the website, also all of the articles that <clears throat> that you've generated are. Um, post it out on the website so you can find them there, all the sort of back issues. Um, and that's a really rich resource. Um, oh my gosh. Also, yeah. Yeah. Also, um, 
also, especially for flowers, we're sort of constantly, um, even though the catalog's out and sort of the season has ended, we're constantly adding new varieties and updating the information. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Well, you have to do something in those three months before you start working on the catalog (laughs) again. (laughs) Great. Thank you so much, Hillary. It's been wonderful to to, uh, do this episode. We've been talking about doing it for six months. We finally can check this off of our to-do list because the timing is perfect to talk about seeds now, but you know what? I'm going to have you back. So um, maybe we'll talk about the our American Flowers Week fashion look when it comes out and um, we'll have a chance to to get your voice back on this podcast again. Uh, But until then, have a wonderful new year. Thanks, Deborah. So nice to talk to you. Thanks a lot. Take care. much for joining me today. Hillary gave me a jolt of inspiration to pull together my flower seed order ASAP. You can follow links and watch video of Hillary designing a bouquet in today's show notes at deborahprinzing.com, as well as see photos of the flowers we discussed. If you're a Slow Flowers member who's in the middle of your own crop planning, I want to share an upcoming editorial opportunity with you. I'm gathering expertise from our grower members for a story that will run later this spring in the Johnny's Advantage newsletter. It's about flower farming, succession, planning, and planting strategies. So if you have tips to share, and if you want to be featured in the Slow Flowers Johnny's article, please reach out. My deadline is coming up very soon. You can reach out to me at deborahprinzing at gmail.com. D-E-B-R-A-P-R-I-N-Z-I-N-G at gmail.com. Our final sponsor, thanks goes this week to the Seattle Wholesale Growers Market, a farmer-owned cooperative committed to providing the very best the Pacific Northwest has to offer in cut flowers, foliages, and plants. The Growers Market's mission is to foster a vibrant marketplace that sustains local flower farms and provides top quality products and services to the local floral industry. If you're a current Growers Market customer, you're invited to join me on Wednesday, January 23rd from 9.30 to 11 a.m. when I present the Slow Flowers Floral Insights and Industry Forecast, joining Lainey Cortez of Johnny Seeds, who will share more about new flower seed introductions for 2019 and bring along samples for attendees. More details can be found at seattlewholesalegrowersmarket.com. The Slow Flower Summit is six months away, so please save three dates on your calendar as you plan your travel to St. Paul, Minnesota. First, our bonus flower farm tours and Slow Flowers Dinner on the Farm taking place on Sunday, June 30th. Then on Monday, July 1st, we'll all gather at the PICA event space for day one of the summit, followed by day two, Tuesday, July 2nd, when we tour the Twin Cities Flower Exchange as it's swimming with locally grown flowers. 
I can't wait to see you there. Ticket sales continue with a special Slow Flowers member discount at $375. So please make your way to slowflowersummit.com to learn all about the many opportunities to join us from flower farm tours and dinner on a flower farm to business and branding presentations to interactive and inspiring design sessions, all designed to serve you. Sign up to receive updates at slowflowersummit.com. We have a vital and vibrant community of flower farmers and floral designers who together define the Slow Flowers movement. As our cause gains more supporters and more passionate participants who believe in the importance of the American cut flower industry, the momentum is contagious. I know you feel it too. I value your support and I invite you to show your thanks with a donation to support my ongoing advocacy, education, and outreach activities. You can find the donate button in the column to the right at Deborah Prince. The Slow Flowers podcast has been downloaded more than 395,000 times by listeners like you. Thank you for listening, commenting, and sharing. It means so much. I'm Deborah Prinzing, host and producer of the Slow Flowers podcast. Next week, you're invited to join me in putting more American-grown flowers on the table, one vase at a time. And if you like what you hear, please consider logging on to iTunes and posting a listener review. The content and opinions expressed here are either mine alone or those of my guests alone, independent of any podcast sponsor or other person, company, or organization. The Slow Flowers podcast is engineered and edited by Andrew Brenlin. Learn more about his work at soundbodymovement.com. Thank you.